So as Kevin said, um, I have the honor of, uh, of being here today and talking to you guys about hospitality. Um, I know that today I, I had to practice saying the word hospitable because uh, Norma wanted to make sure that I was saying it correctly. Because she said they're recording, so make sure that you're saying it correctly. So it's hospitable, right? Thanks. Hospital. Uh, let's go ahead and pray so that God do something tonight. Uh, thank you, Lord, for this night. Lord, we bless this message, God. Uh, we bless the messenger, God, and, and we just bless everybody here, Lord. And uh, we just ask, Lord, that you do something great with these simple words, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so, like I said, I'm going to be talking to you guys about hospitality. Um, how many are excited about these lifestyle classes? Or, awesome. Um, I think my goal here tonight is not to teach you how to be hospitable, but what I want to do is I want to inspire you to value what God values. Um, and God values hospitality. Um, I don't... I think, and this is the goal of all, of all of these, is that not to tell you what to do, because how many people know that God doesn't want slaves or servants, but he wants children, right? But to inspire you into finding out who you are, right? And so I just, um, I, there's, there's a few things that I want to touch on before I get into my message, but I want to talk about the difference between uh, what, what work is and what practice is, you know? Because I feel that that's important for us to know. I feel like the word work is a very negative word right now in the church because I feel that we've gone from one extreme to the other extreme. Uh, before we were working uh, towards something and then we found grace and now, uh, you know, in some places or sometimes... Grace turns into, I don't have to work anymore um, because Jesus did it all. Um, yeah, Jesus did what he had to do, but you also have, we also as a church have a task at hand. And so uh, the Bible says that we're prepared for good works in Christ, okay? So we have work to do, you know? And um, the thing is that we're not working towards something, we're working from who we are. And... Um, and it's not always a working season, you know, uh, and it's, so it's like you work when, when God's working and you rest when God's resting, you know, and, and so you, maybe you're asking yourself, well, how do I know when God's working, when God's resting? Well, that requires relationship, right? Because it's not rules or regulations, but it's relationship. And so if you have a relationship with your God with your father, then you know by the Holy Spirit, like when he wants you to work or, you know, there's such a thing as striving in, in, in God, you know, but the thing is like, you're supposed to work and strive when God is working and striving. You know, like when Jesus was talking about the, the vineyard, he said, uh, there's, there's the harvest is ready, but there's not too many workers, you know, and so what he's saying is that there is going to be workers and there's going to be work that needs to be done. But that we're working where God has put us to work and where he, when he has called us to work. And, and it all requires a balance, but that balance comes from your relationship with God. Because it's not, see, what works for me 
might not work for you. But that's, that's between you and God, and that's the balance. That's, I feel like that's where relationship comes in, where you get to find out where, what God has called you to do and what he wants you to do. You know, and, and, and that's the amazing thing about relationship. So I just want to note that, that it, when we're doing these, um, these sessions, that you don't think, oh, I just, if I do what he does, or if I, you know, practice this, then I'll get the same results. And yeah, that's a good platform to take what you learn here today and then make it your own. But, uh, but it's really you, you're on a journey with God, and, it, and, it's, and, and it's you and God, and you're finding out what works, you know? Um, so that's work, and uh, then it's, there's practice. And the Bible says that we need to put good things into practice. Actually, Philippians 4.9 says, Paul, I think it's Paul that's saying, whatever you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, put these things into practice and the God of peace will be with you. You know, so it's, like, so it's like a basketball player. See, a basketball player, he practices because he's a basketball player, you know? So he's practicing his skill in, in his craft. And I feel like when, when, what we do is we want to practice these things because it's not just about learning the values, right? It's not just about learning the values, but it's about working these things out in our lives, and practicing them. Because how many of us know that a dream is only a dream unless it comes true, right? So it doesn't, it, it's not a dream come true until it actually comes true. And so the thing is, like, we can have values, but they will remain values and never be lifestyle if we don't put them into practice, okay? So... And why do, we need, why do we want to practice this stuff? Why is it important that we practice this stuff in our lives and that we have these values and we practice them? Because the Bible says that we should be growing into, maturing into the fullness of Christ. What does that mean? Does that mean that we become like Jesus Christ? Well, I don't know. Maybe it does. But just take this analogy, I think, will help. You have a, like when we have a banana, right, it's green, and you bring it in, and then it's ripe, and it's really, it's good to eat then, right? Because it matures. And I think that's what the Bible is saying. The Bible is saying that we grow into the maturity of Christ, into the wholeness of Christ, that the way that Christ matured in this life, that we also mature in this life. And that includes all of these values that we're going to learn towards in these sessions, that all of this is packed in in Jesus Christ. And all of these things are what Jesus looks like. And that the hope is that we mature into the fullness of Christ. You know? So that's why it's important that when we look at the, these, these values and we, and we receive them, it's not just a value that we hold, but it's a value that we're putting into practice so that then it becomes a lifestyle. Amen? A value is something that I believe that I believe is important to my life. See, so if I have a value, that, that I value that, that it's something important to me. And so if it's something important to me, then I will practice it, you know? Um, and 
the thing is sometimes we'll say something like, well, I value this, but I don't feel like doing it. So, like, I like the idea of this, but I don't feel like doing it, you know? But the thing is, like, your, our feelings should never dictate how we do life. Amen? Our values, the values that we embrace, dictate how we do life. Amen? Because how many of you guys know that nobody likes to go to the gym? Right? Like, I go to the gym three or four times with, with my wife a week. I don't like getting up at 6 in the morning or 6.30 in the morning, right? But why do I do it? Because it's a value that I have. I don't feel like getting up, but I value health, right? So since I value health, then I get up and go to the gym, right? So I'm not always going to feel like doing these things, but since I value them, then I do them. Amen? All right. You know that in the old man, we used, to, we used to work to get accomplish something. In the, in the old man, you like, I, I, I work to accomplish something. But in the new man, we work from our position. So in the new man, it's I am, so I value, so I practice. Okay? So what does that look like? It's so I am. I am what? I am the fullness of Jesus. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus, okay? So if I am a new creation in Christ Jesus, Christ values all these things. And since I am a new creation in Christ Jesus, and I have the values of Christ, then so I practice the values of Christ, right? And so that's the new man. I don't practice kindness so that I can become kind. I practice kindness because I am kind, because Christ has made me kind. Amen? I practice hospitality because God has given me the grace to practice hospitality. Amen? You know, when we were young, uh, <laughs> we were maybe in middle school. No, 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 younger than that. I think it was elementary school. It was, uh, uh, I don't know if Dini was around yet, but... Uh, our parents used to take us to the track, right? There was, a, there was a big high school, and there was a track there, and they used to take us to the track to run. And, you know, no kid, when he's 10 years old, 8 years old, and, and I think 6 years old, wants to run or do any sort of exercise, right? Unless it's with their hands and playing video games. So they took us to the track, <laughs> and they told us, Look, after, after the first 10 laps, every lap you do after that, you get $2, okay? And so we'd go to the track, and we run the 10 laps, and every lap after that earned us $2. So we'd be running 25 laps, you know? And we thought, I, this is how I did it. I was like, if I run 10 laps, that's $20, yes. You know, so I'd run 10 laps. And, you know, every four laps, it's a mile, I think. So... We ended up running like four or five miles. I think we even got to like 10 miles. We were there for like two hours just cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. You know? But what, you know, and the, and the thing is like, my point is, we were there and, and we, for us, we didn't know the value of exercise. I didn't know the value of running. 
I just wanted money, right? We just wanted money. But do you know that, that the whole trick was that we get to like to exercise? See, what, I started, what we started doing for a reward, which was money, all of a sudden became a habit, right, that then became a value, that then became a lifestyle. You see where I'm going? It's like sometimes what you start doing for a reward, even though you don't feel like it, like it becomes a habit, then becomes a value, then becomes, you know, a lifestyle. Now, I can't go a week without exercising. I just don't feel right. You know, my body doesn't feel right. I have to exercise. Like, I go three days without running or anything, and I feel like my blood's not pumping. Like, I just don't feel right. I can't move. My legs are falling asleep. I got to exercise. But I was learning that value while I was running laps for money. And so my point is sometimes, like, you're not going to feel like you're not going to feel like doing these things. And sometimes it's not going to come out of you to do them. But you got to remember that there is a reward in doing these things. And, and the thing is, look, it doesn't have to, it's not right or wrong. Like, look, sometimes when we start giving, we start giving because we think, like, oh, if I give more, then, you know, I'm going to get blessed. And, and I'm telling you, maybe that's not the way to think about it. But you know what? That's where you start. And God, God, it's not white or black. God changes your mind as you give. And all of a sudden, it starts becoming a value to you, you know, and it becomes a lifestyle. This is a definition of hospitality. The friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors, or strangers. That's the Webster's uh, Dictionary. Here's my definition. Hospitality is the door to intimacy that leads to God. And that's the reward. Okay? That when we practice hospitality, there's a reward for that. And that means that you get to meet God and every person that you let in. Okay? Let's go to uh, Matthew 10. And we're going to be in verse 11. I'll prove it to you guys. It's biblical. Just say amen when you're there. All right, so it says, this is Jesus talking to his disciples when he commanded them to go, right? He said, whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy and stay at this house until you move on. As you enter the house, greet its occupants, if the home is worthy, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not welcome you or heed your words, shake the dust off your feet when you leave that home or town. See, Jesus is telling his disciples that when they come into a town, that they look for a worthy place so that they can stay there while they're in that town. And I don't know this for a fact, but I can bet whatever makes that house worthy is that they're receptive to that disciple, that they're receptive to whatever they're bringing, that, that, they're, that they have hospitality, you know? It's like, I'm sure, it, I can almost see it like, 
oh, you know what, go to what's-his-name because he's for sure going to take you in. That, that person there in that town, he's very hospitable. You know? So I think that's, my, that's where I think that's worth, that comes from the worthy. And worthy means friendly, warm, welcoming, helpful. No, that doesn't mean, that's not worthy. Being hospitable means that. Then Jesus talks about, as you enter the house, greet, the, greet its occupants. The home, if the home is worthy, let your peace rest on it. If not, let your peace return to you. See, so the disciple was carrying something with him. He was carrying peace with them. And so if, if, if that person let them into their house, that disciple would release peace into the house. And that would be the reward that the disciple would give to the house. But if they were not receptive, the disciple would take it back. And sometimes I feel like that's, that's the reward of hospitality, is that when we talk to someone, we can see that they have something to give, right? When we, like, when we give our time to somebody, that person has something to give. But if we don't receive that person, if we don't give them our time, then we can never receive what they have for us. You know, we will miss it. And a good example is Jesus. Jesus came, and there were some people that received him, and then there's some people that didn't receive him. That they weren't, they, that they weren't kind, and that they weren't hospitable to him. And they totally just missed Jesus. They missed the Savior of the world, somebody that they've been waiting for ages and years and years and years, but they totally missed him. And they, they missed the season that, that came to them just because they weren't able to receive Jesus. And I feel like sometimes we can do that sometimes, right? We maybe don't pay attention to somebody. Maybe when somebody's talking to us, we're like looking at who else we're going to talk to after we talk to that person, right? Like somebody's telling us about their day or something, and we're over there looking behind, oh, where's, what's his name going? I got to talk to this person. You know, I find myself doing that sometimes. And I tell myself, no, be present. Be here now. Talk to this person. They have something that they have to give, Right? And, you know, and it's something that's, it's a value that I've really embraced because I feel like even sometimes the people that we ignore, the people that we feel like they have nothing to give, right? We might even look at the elderly and say like, oh, you know, out of style, out of place, out of my way, right? But you know what? There's treasure in people. And all you got to do is mine it out. And sometimes you don't even have to mine it out. It just comes splurging out because nobody listens to, to people, you know? It's really rare when you have a listener. We're all good at talking, but we're really bad at listening. Well, at least me, I'm really bad at listening. I'm really good at talking. You can ask Norma, I'm really good at talking. But listening is a challenge. And it's a value that I've, that I've started to embrace because I feel like if I could just listen, if I could just focus on this person, if I can just hear the God in them, if I can see God in them, 
I can walk away from this conversation better than when I entered this conversation, you know? Because Jesus is working in each person. And sometimes people are carrying so much inheritance and all they have to, all they want to do is give it, but we're not giving them the day or the time. And so I feel like we have to be aware of this. And hospitality enables us to do that. The other thing is also is the other side of that coin. Sometimes we're in a conversation with somebody just so that we can see what we can get out of it. What can you tell me new? You know, are you interesting enough that I can, that I, that makes me want to stand here and talk to you? You know, sometimes it, it, what it will require is just for us to, to sit, uh, stand there or sit there and just listen to the person and, and take a serving perspective. Then, uh, can I take something from you? Can you tell me something that I need to hear? Can you give me something that I need? And just maybe say, what can I do for you? How can I help? How, how can I be generous with you today? Either with my ears, can I do something, you know? How can I help today? Let's go to Genesis 18. And I wrote, hospitality, a door to intimacy that results in a revelation of God. You can say amen when you're there. Genesis 18, and we're going to start in verse 1. It says, now the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre. He's talking about Abraham. While he was sitting at the tent door in the heat of the day, when he lifted up his eyes and looked, behold, three men were standing opposite from him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in your sight, please do not pass your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet. And rest yourselves under the tree, and I will bring a piece of bread that you may refresh yourselves. After that, you may go on, since you have visited your servant. And they said, Do as you have said. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah, and he said, Quickly, prepare three measures of fine flour, knead, knead it, and make, make bread cakes. Abraham also ran to the herd and took a tender and choice calf, and gave it to the servant, and he hurried to prepare it. He took curds and milk in the calf which he had prepared and placed it before them. And he was standing by them under the tree as they ate. So in verse 3, Abraham recognizes the Lord. So he's got three men walking towards him in the tent. And right off the bat, he says, My Lord, if you have found if I have found favor in your sight. So at first it was three men, but then Abraham recognizes one of them as the Lord. You know? And I ask myself, how did Abraham recognize that one of them was the Lord? And it must have been because he had seen the Lord before. Right? That he recognized the Lord. And the thing is, 
when we look at people and we have conversations with people, we're being hospitable. Are we recognizing God in people? Are we seeing the God in them? Because if we're not, it's, re it's, really, it's really easy to look past them. And it's really easy to miss it. But if we're looking for God, then we'll see God. But if we're looking for the negative, then we'll see the negative. You know, if, we're, if we look at somebody and we say, you know, I don't like that person because of this and this and that, which, you know, it happens to everybody, then you know what? We'll miss that person. We'll miss what that person has to give, what, what that person has in them. But if we look for the God in people, if we look for the treasure in people, then we'll be able to receive them. And I think that's how Abraham was able to see the Lord. He recognized them. And so my, my, thing, my challenge is let's recognize the God in people. You know, people have defects. We all do. But we also have God in us. Right? And so what I'm saying is, like, we know about the defects. But let's recognize the God in people. And let that, when we recognize the God in people, let that be what gives us the ability to be hospitable, to practice hospitality. In verse 8, it says, He took curds and milk and calf which he had prepared and placed it before them, and he was standing by, by them under the tree as they ate. See, he didn't eat with them. It doesn't say that Abraham sat and he ate with them. It said that he served them and he just stood by them and watched. You know, and, I, and like my point earlier is that sometimes we're so, when we have conversations and we have relationships, we're so intended on what can we get, you know? What can we get? What, how, what you know, what can, what can you do for me? Instead of just taking a servant, you know, perspective. You know, Abraham didn't serve them and serve them, and he sat next to them and started eating. He served them and then just stood there waiting on them. And I, th and I feel like in, in our family, in the family, in the church, sometimes we're going to have to wait on people. Sometimes we're going to have to wait on people. And sometimes it's not going to be about us, but it's going to be about the people that we're waiting on, you know? And so I'm not going to go through the whole story, but when Abraham does this and he shows hospitality towards this, these angels and God, it gives them, it opens a door. See, Abraham thought it a favor for them to come to his house. He said, if I have found favor in your eyes, Lord, do not pass me, but come into my house. And so... Why did Abraham do that? Because he knows, he knew that there was a reward there. He knew that the Lord was there. And you know that whenever the Lord is there, there's going to be good things. And so Abraham invites them into their, his house, into their tent, serves them. And you know, guess what? There's a reward. You know what the reward was? The Lord started prophesying to Abraham. And he started saying, hey, Abraham. By this year, by this time next year, you're going to have a child. And he started saying, oh, yeah, you're going to have a child. And it's what Abraham always wanted is a child. And, and then what happens then? 
is that Abraham actually comes into a place where God, where God starts revealing things to him. They start walking, to the, after they finish eating, they start walking towards Sodom and Gomorrah, right? And, Je- and Jesus starts sharing with him his plans. And God starts tell, uh, uh, talking to himself and saying, should I share this with Abraham? He's going to become a big nation. I should share this with him. And so Abraham, st- so God starts sharing what is in his heart and what is in his will, what he's going to do. And then all of a sudden, Abraham finds himself in God's counsel. He finds himself part with God, friends with God, and and having a conversation with God about what to do. And Abraham gets to talk to to him about Sodom. And Lord, how can you let the wicked and the righteous go down together? If, If there was 50 righteous, would you still... Let it go down. And he talks, him, talks him, him all the way down to 10 people. And so that is the kind of gift and kind of things that awaits us when we practice hospitality. See, hospitality is not just about giving your time to somebody. It's not just about, uh, you know, maybe uh, having them over to the house. It's not just about that. It's about really getting into who people are and letting them into you, right, so that they let let you into them. It's about intimacy and revelation. So there's a reward in this value. There's a reward in hospitality. And so I want to share some things, some stories with you because I feel like I want this to be practical to you. You know, we think about hospitality, and it's great, but I want it to be practical. So, because I feel like it's something very important. God God is very, he is spiritual, right? He is God, but he's also very practical. And he wants to be very practical in your life. So we're going to have some story time right now. So, I've had experiences with God where God, I have an experience, and then after the experience, God says, this is what I taught you there. And so I want to I share some of these with you, you know, and they all have to do with hospitality. One time, I was walking from my job to go move my car, and we all have to move our cars because we park, we park our cars on the street. And if you don't park, if you don't move the cars, you get towed. And so I was walking. There was two people in front of me. And uh, there was this man. I didn't really notice him. But he was walking our way. We were walking the other way, the opposite way. And there's two people in front of me. And he doesn't say anything to the two people in front of me. But to me, he says, hey, um, you know, uh, can you spare something? I'm, I've been walking all day. And... I, I went to go look for a job, and he was an older Latin man, and um, so I, I started paying attention to him. He looked tired. He looked weary. Uh, he looked miserable. Like, I, I looked at him, and he was wearing these sandals that really weren't sandals anymore, you know? Uh, basically, he was walking on his feet, and... Um, he just said, you know, I've been, I went to go look for a job over here somewhere, and 
there wasn't, you know, I didn't find anything, and now I'm getting back home, and I'm just, you know, I'm just hungry, and I'm tired, and I've just been walking all day. And so I said, so I said, oh, yeah, no, for sure. I said, for sure, uh, I got to go move my car right now. But how about, how about you see that bench over there by the bus stop? How about you sit over there, and I'm going to go move my car, then I'll come back, and uh, we'll, we'll do something, right? And I said, yeah, over there by the bus stop. And he was like, over there? Yeah, over there. So then I went to go move my car. I parked it. And then I came around. And already in my head, I'm thinking, OK, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the, the sandwich shop that's there by where I work. I'm going to get him a sandwich. I'm going to go to the gas station. And I'm going to get him a whole bunch of like water, treats, put it in a bag, and give it to him. You know? And so I'm like, okay, so I walked over to the sandwich shop. Uh, in the car, I called the sandwich shop and I said, can I have two sandwiches? I went over there. Uh, I was walking towards the sandwich shop and I saw him sitting at the bus stop. Okay? So I, then I walked and I grabbed the two sandwich, sandwiches. Then I went to the gas station and I went into the gas station. I bought water, treats, all of that. There was an ATM machine, right? And I'm telling you this because I want to show you how practical this is. Okay, I went to the ATM machine, and I felt like God said, you know, give him some money. So I grabbed some money, right, and I put it all in the bag. And when I came out of the gas station, he wasn't there at the bench anymore. And so I went to the corner, and I saw that he was already three blocks down. So then I already had this, all this stuff. So I ran back to my car, got in the car, Went and I drove and I said, oh, he's probably, by this time, he's going to be like seven blocks down. So then I, I, I drove down seven blocks, made a right, and I stopped right at the corner. And I got out of the car. I didn't know if he was going to be there. Got out of the car and he was right there. He had just crossed that street. And so I ran over there with the bag and I said, hey, like, hey, you know, you didn't wait for me over there. I told you to wait. He was like, yeah, I just didn't know if you were coming, and I'm just tired. I have to get home, you know, and all this. And I was like, look, I, I got this stuff for you, you know. And I, when I gave him this stuff, he just started crying. He just started bawling, right? And then I said, and I gave him a word, and I was like, look, God really loves you, man. And he really cares about you. And he cares about what you're going through. And you're going to get through it. And I said, and God has not forgotten about you. He loves you. You're his son, and he loves you so much. And he just started, and, and when I said that, he started crying even more, even more. And I just prayed for him. And then I said, look, and I also got this money for you because God doesn't only provide for you today, but he provides for tomorrow. And I gave him the money. He was just like, oh, my God. You know, he was like just blown. And that man walked differently after that and you know and I got back into my car and I was like God I don't know why I just did all of that but glory to you and I drove back and when I and all of that took like 30 minutes like you know so no wonder he left but and I got back into my car I drove back I parked the car and then I was walking back and then God said you know why you did that because I want to show you how passionate I am for you how passionate I am for you. That even when you don't wait for me, I run after you. I wanted to teach you how passionate I am for you. 
that even when I say, hey, look, I'm going to provide, just wait here. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm over here working things out for you. And you're like, man, I can't wait. Why, why is this taking so long? You know? And I'm always, okay, God, you know what? I'm just going to do my thing. And he's like, but you know what? I still chase after you. It's all hospitality. All hospitality. Let's see, got time for one more. You know, so I, went, I feel like I went through a season when God was teaching me this way. And lately I've been like, God, give me one more of those. Like, I've, I've missed those. But I feel like that was a season. Like, it was like something where God was showing me by experience, you know. This other time. It was Friday, payday Friday, right? So it was like, yeah, Friday and payday, whoo, right? And this Friday, I was going to, I went, I, I usually have direct deposit, I do, but they had changed our, our, uh, the way they do payroll. And so I hadn't done the thing again, and so I had to go deposit my check. And I went uh, to the bank, and um, I had, God had already put it in my heart to, to give like, a, an, uh, like an offering to a friend, you know? And so I was like, man, I already had a number in mind. I was like, I'm going to take out this, this, this much, and I'm going to give it to somebody. And I already had that in my head, right? So I went in there. But before I went into the bank, I saw that there was this lady at the front of the bank or somewhere around there. And, and the, the reason she was asking for money, but the reason that I noticed was because she was saying Jesus, you know, she was like, yeah, you know, um, oh, I think she, I saw her asking somebody for money, and then, and then she walked away, and she was like, yes, G like, in Jesus' name, and, and uh, you know, um, uh, you know, and, and, and Jesus, you know, I know you're going to do it, Jesus, and, and, and so I saw that, right, and so then I walked into the bank, and I was like, I wonder what's that, you know, what that's all about, um, but I, there, some weird didn't seem right, you know? Like, I, I felt like, uh, I don't know if that's cool or not. Like, you know, like at the bank asking for money in Jesus' name. I'm not sure, you know? That's a little sketchy. So <laughs> I went and I took the money that I was, you know, that I was taking out. And then in my mind, I said, uh, like, if she asks me, I'll give her some money. Like, I'll, I'll give her. But if she doesn't, I won't give her. You know, like if she comes to me, I will. And if if I don't know if you guys ever done this, but like I'm going to walk this way. But if if somehow they manage to contact me, then I'll give them money. And if not, then it wasn't your will, Lord. You know. <laughs> Amen. So so I take out the money and I'm already thinking like, you know, this money, Lord, you already told me that like you already put it in my heart that this is for somebody else. So, you know, this money's already taken. Like, I can't give any of this money. But then it was like, no, but, but then I was like, but then it was like, but you know, if they ask you, you're going to give them that money. And I felt like the Lord said, if they ask you, you're going to give them that money, you know? And I was thinking like, yeah, but if I give them that money, that means I'm not going to give money to my other friend. Okay, and if you want me to give money to my other friend, that just means I got to take out more money, 
So I'm like, Lord, I don't know what you're doing, but, you know, uh, just don't make it difficult. <laughs> and so I take the money out, right? And I think, I don't know, I, I, I think I took out like $300. And, and I took the money out, and I walked, and she was like over here, and she was doing her Jesus thing, right? And so I walked out, and I just look over there, and she's asking somebody else, so I walked the other way, right? And I go back the other way, and I'm already walking to my car, and then I see another lady, right? And I see this lady, and I feel like God said, you're going to give the money to her, you know? And so she comes up to me, and she says, hey, different. Not like the other one. The other one, see, the other one had, there was something different about her. She was saying, Jesus this, Jesus that, Jesus this, but she was like, she was, there was, there, like, the reason she was doing it was there was another reason. It wasn't Jesus. She was asking for money for something else. It, like, it, I'm not saying that she was asking for money for the wrong reasons, because at the end, they're together. But what I'm saying is that she was going about it the wrong way. And then when I was walking, this other lady comes up to me and she says, you know, um, I'm, you know, I, I'm just, do you have anything like that you can, but just like right away you could tell the difference. This lady was being very genuine and she was almost crying. She was like, oh, you know, like we're going, I'm going through a really hard time. My kids are in the car. There was a car there, you know. Uh, my kids are in the car, we're going through a really hard time, and she's just like, yeah, and if there's anything that you can do, and, um, you know, and this and that, and, and, I, and something made me, like, it was the Holy Spirit that made me stay there and just listen to her, just listen to her, what she had to say, and then, then comes the other one, right, the other one comes over there and is just like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, we, you know, I know God's going to provide, and, you know, this and that, and, but the other one is, like, telling me, like, what's going on, you know? And, and, so, and so then they start telling me this stuff, and, like, they, they're going through this. And I'm like, okay, well, how much do you need? So they go, uh, the, you know, the, the kind of, like, more uh, calm one says, well, we really just need 240, right? And I'm like, oh, 240. And I'm like, all right, you got it, 240. It's yours. And so I take it out. I'm like, here, here's the money, 240. And then she says, but are, are you sure? Like, you're not going to need it? Like, are you going to be okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be okay. I just, I want you to be okay, you know? And I tell her, and then she starts crying, right? And she starts telling me, like, why, why is all this bad stuff happening? I don't understand. I love God and, like, you know, I, like, I, I, I believe in God and all this stuff, but why, why is this stuff happening? Like, my husband left me, like, you know, this stuff here, I lost my job, and I just, she's crying, and she's telling me, I don't know why is all this stuff happening. Like, you know, I need God. And she starts saying, I need God. And so there, you know, with the other one, we, I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to pray for you guys. Like, out there on the sidewalk in front of the bank, everybody's coming and going. And I'm like, I'm just going to pray for you guys. Can we pray here? Because I just want to bless you guys. And I just want you to know that, that God is with you. And I, wanna, I want you to know that you're not alone. That God is with you. 
and that the way that he's provided here for you, that he's going to provide for you tomorrow and the next day. You know, that you're, you're his child and that he loves you. And this here is nothing. He wants to give you more, you know. And so I was like, let's pray here. And so we just all start praying, yes, Lord, you know, and blessing them in there, you know. And I'm, I'm praying for them, but I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, my, like, what if my, like, well, some of my employees are around here? What if, like, some of my coworkers are around here? Like, this crazy guy's praying for people on the street, you know? But we start praying, and we pray for a long time, and I bless them, and they're all, like, they're all, you know, good and everything, and they leave. And I get in my car, and I'm like, well, yeah, I guess that didn't turn out the way I thought it was going to turn out, you know? But I get in the car, and God, and I feel like God is telling me, you know, what I'm teaching you here is that, that I have unconditional love. That, that even though you might do things the wrong way sometimes, I know what you really need. Even though you might be acting the wrong way sometimes, you know, doing it the wrong way, I see you and I see who you really are. And I meet you there, you know? Because when I, when I saw the other lady, I was like, no, I don't know. I don't feel right about that. But when I saw that other lady that was with her, I was like, this is, this is, this is real. See, this isn't like, Jesus, like, you're going to provide. No, this is like, you, you're coming to me, like, with, like, an open heart. And you're telling me what you really have in your heart, you know? And you're not, you're not using the name of God to get money right? But you're, you're expressing me, to me your real need. And I felt like God was saying, you know, when I see you striving, and when I see you doing these things that the wrong way, I still see you. I still see who you are, and I still see your heart, and I still, you know, I still meet you there. You know, God is so good. God is so good, you know? Like, sometimes we make God out to be, like, either black or white, but he's not. He's all the colors, and, he, and he's got something. He's always working. I think I'm out of time, but how about you guys stand up, and I'm going to pray for you guys. You know, again, I'm not saying that you should go out and do this, but I am saying that you should practice hospitality. You know, I'm not saying that you should copy what, I'm, what I've done or anything, but I, what I'm saying is that I want to inspire you, that you go out and you find out the hospitality that God has put in you. You know, there's a quote that I like about hospitality. I don't, I don't know who wrote it, but it's, the virtue of a great soul that cares for the whole universe through the ties of humanity. And I really feel like humanity is good, but I feel like that's, I would replace humanity with Jesus. It's the virtue of a soul that cares about the whole universe through Jesus. You know? So once you close your eyes, I'm going to pray for you. And I'm just going to release hospitality over you this night. Yeah, Lord. Because... You have put hospitality in each one of us. We might not be using it, Lord, 
We might not be using it, but you have put this ability in us. You have, Father, poured out your graces without measure over us so that we could practice your good work already finished in us. So, Lord, in Jesus' name, Father, I just release the spirit of hospitality over them, Lord. Father, that, that nothing may pass them by. No season, no good work, no kindness, no gentleness, God. But that every word that you have given them, that they may receive it. That every moment that you have made for them to host you, they might come into it. That, that it might not walk them by or pass them by, but that you may just show favor on them so that you may come into their house and have a meal with them and so that you may reveal yourself to them, Lord. So I just thank you, Lord. I just thank you for your hospitality. I thank you, Father God, that you're teaching us your ways. I thank you, God, that you're making all these things practical for us, Lord. And I just pray for an abundance, God, an abundance beyond measure, Lord, so that it's just, God, so much, so much, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace and Love podcast. We hope you were blessed by this message. If you have a prayer request, we would love to hear from you. Please feel free to contact us. And if you're in the LA area, we would love to meet you. We have services Sundays at 2 p.m. and Fridays at 8 p.m. We are located at 1900 Medford Street, Montebello, California, 90640. Thanks again, and God bless you.